and welcome back to Basic Bible 101. I'm Margie Smith and I'll be teaching you the lesson today. We're going to be talking about Ruth. And so if you have your Bible, I, I like people to try and use a student Bible or something that will have some call outs in it. But um, if you will turn just past the book of Judges, which we've been call, uh, talking about recently, and move into the book of Ruth, uh, it's just a very short book. There's really only about four chapters and they're not very long. So I hope that you've had a chance to read through it and if not you might want to stop this podcast and go ahead and read those small short four ver uh, four chapters and then return. But I'll tell you what even if you didn't have a chance to and you're in your car or something let's go ahead and proceed. Alright so as you recall last week we talked about the judge Samson. Uh, Samson who uh, flirted with disaster nearly his entire life, finally ending up with um, a woman who completely deceived him and uh, talked him into giving up the secret of his strength. And so um, Delilah, as you recall, became uh, his nemesis. And as it turns out, he ended up uh, being caught and taken in as a prisoner. And his final act was to... Uh, destroy all of the Philistines that were in this particular big um, meeting place, probably like a temple or something like that. Now remember we have been talking in the time of the judges how everything was very segmented and the different tribes did not really work together. And so what has happened is that several different leaders in different little areas have sprung up and the rest of the book of Judges covers a few of those situations. It just gets worse and worse after Samson and until we get to the point where the people are calling out we need a king. We will talk more about that next week when we talk about the final judge. His name was Samuel. But for today, let's just look at one little uh, piece of what was going on, what life was like for the Israelites then, and that is the book of Ruth. At the beginning, we see that Ruth um, is the uh, daughter-in-law of Naomi. Naomi and her husband have gone to Moab to live for a time because there was famine in the land. Any, as we have mentioned previously, any time people move, it's usually because they have to to survive. And so in this case, they had gone to the nearby country of Moab, and while they were there, both of their sons decided to marry. And so Elimelech, Naomi's husband, uh, during the time that they are in Moab, dies. And it's in about a few years later, uh, looks like, I think it was like 10 years later, uh, both of her two sons die. Um, I have read that it's possible they were in a kind of a little war that was going on at the time. It is very possible that these boys went to war alongside the Moabites. As we see that the, the, all the women then are left as widows. And so Naomi decides that she really has nothing in Moab left and so she is going to go back to her homeland because she has some relatives, some distant relatives back in Israel and so she decides, well, I think I'll just head back home. So she, her two daughter and daughters-in-law follow her uh, four ways down the road and then finally Naomi turns to him and she says, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of an, another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud, and said to her, 
We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who would become your husbands? Okay, now this is probably seems like a strange uh, statement, but it was very common that if a uh, man died who was married, his brother would marry the widow. And so the, such in such a way, the family would be cared for. And so Naomi is really just referring to the fact that it's just going to be impossible for her to have any more children in time for them to really be able to grow up and marry these two women. So one of them, or Orphra is her name, Orphra. Uh, I think they also, that's where at least the modern day Oprah Winfrey um, says that her name came from. And it, it um, you know, they spell it differently. But in this case, it's Orphra. Orpah decides that she is going to turn back home and, and go back to her family. And so she kisses Naomi and she heads back home. But when it's time for Ruth to leave, she turns and she begs her mother-in-law not to make her go back home. That, that she pledges to Naomi that she will follow her and be believe in her God and be part of her people. So, and we see this in verse 16, which is a beautiful verse. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. When you die, I will die and there will I be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. So she truly, truly loved her mother-in-law. So as the women return, they're, they're entering Bethlehem, and Bethlehem is where Naomi is from. And the townspeople just can't believe that she's back, and, and uh, she tells them, they'll say to her, uh, can this be Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. You know, you may be in a point in your life where you feel like you're a Mara, that your life is bitter, and that God has allowed that to happen to you. And I and you can see here that of course Naomi would have every right to feel that way, being a widow and having lost both of her sons, who were her only means of support, not to mention the fact that they were her, her children and she loved them very much. So she is left with Ruth and Ruth is a, a very steady and um, loyal companion to her. But Ruth is really in, in no better position than she is because uh, and even worse in some ways because she's a Moabitess. So once they're into the town uh, and they realize that they're not going to have much to eat, Ruth says to Naomi, hey, I'm just going to go into the fields and pick up whatever leftover grain is left behind by the harvesters. And so she's hoping that they have left quite a bit so that she can at least glean enough so that they won't starve. And Naomi says to her, go ahead, my daughter. So off she goes to this field and when she's in that field as it turns out this is the field that belongs to Boaz who is a distant relative of Naomi uh, actually of Elimelech which was her husband and so while she's uh, there in this field she is protected because Boaz sees her and he's interested in her and says well make sure that you leave a little bit of extra grain out for her and just kind of watch her and make sure that none of the guys harm her in any way and so she is pretty much protected by Boaz even though he does not necessarily know that she's a relative 
Now, when Ruth tells Naomi about the success she's had, Naomi is thrilled and she says, oh, he's one of our relatives. And so there's hope then for both of them that they will be uh, protected and provided at least with leftovers um, from the field. And so each day that she's there, Ruth is just given more and more um, grain, etc. And she finally gets a chance to talk to Boaz and she says, why have I found favor in your eyes? And he said, well, I've been told all about what you've done with your mother-in-law and how you left your own family and your own homeland and you came with her to live here in Israel. And so he's very impressed with her willingness to trust in a God that she doesn't know because remember the Moabites had their own strange little idols and such. And so it's not long before Naomi realizes the potential of this relationship between Ruth and Boaz and she suggests to Ruth that she might go to him and get him to be their um, kinsman redeemer and I'll explain what that meant in a minute but basically what she was doing was telling Ruth that she needed to go more or less and show her interest in Boaz. My suspicion is that Boaz was quite a bit older than Ruth and the reason I think that is because he's very flattered when she shows interest in him realizing that you know he's much older and she's you know really very young and has never had children and so when Naomi suggests why don't you go to the threshing floor tonight where I guess is where the guys hung out and just lay down at at Boaz's feet when he um, is done drinking and having a good time with the guys just go lay by his feet now I know you're probably thinking isn't that kind of weird wasn't she more or less offering herself to him they weren't even married but this her action was really one of saying hey I I think that it would be okay if you show interest in me because here's what happens is she certainly that night you know it's they've had their dinner etc and the men all go off to find their corner to sleep in and she sneaks over and gets over real close to Boaz and eventually in the night he wakes up and he sees her there and he's surprised and he decides to go ahead and put his garment over her his um, blanket more or less and that is an action that has great significance it's a way of covering it's a way of agreeing to protect her instead of just saying you crazy girl go home he shows great kindness by covering her in a sense of saying I you know I'm willing to be your protector and he's a bit surprised that she is interested in him but as it turns out she she says um, you know I am your servant Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. Let's talk a minute about kinsman redeemer. Kinsman redeemer, as I mentioned earlier, if a man died, his brothers were required, the closest one and then the next closest one and so forth, to marry his widow and take responsibility for his children. And if he didn't have a brother, if the man who died didn't have a brother, whoever was the closest family member, member the kindred, the nearest kindred uh, family member would be responsible for that. And because it was a great hardship really to take on somebody else's family, somebody else's wife and kids, it, it's not something that people just jumped at. 
However, because they knew that was the law, they there was a sense of responsibility involved with it. So when Ruth mentions to him, you're a kinsman redeemer, she's saying you're a close enough relative that you could redeem Naomi and I. Um, and he said, well, be blessed, my daughter. You've shown me great kindness. Being interested in me, you haven't run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. Um, so don't be afraid. Uh, I know that there is a relative that's closer than me that really would have that responsibility. But I'll tell you what, I'll go talk to the, uh, the uh, city managers or the, the um, I don't know what you would call them. I guess they're local established um, leaders in their city and uh, we'll work this out tomorrow. And so at that, Ruth is quite excited and goes home and tells Naomi and she has great hope too. So, but before she leaves the threshing floor, he gives her a big, you know, her little shawl that she's wearing. He fills it with grain, enough so that they can make quite a bit of bread. And so it's a great kindness to her. Because remember, she and Naomi will become someone's responsibility. So sure enough, the next morning, Boaz goes and gathers the city leaders and the closest relative to Naomi. And they have this little town meeting. And in it... Uh, Boaz uh, uh, kind of confronts this this very close relative, but it's very clever how he does this. At first, he says, "You know, our brother Elimelech, he may, not meaning direct brother, but distant brother, uh, um, had property, and it needs to be, you know, go to someone. And so you're the closest relative, and so you have a right to uh, redeem this property." And so the guy's thinking, hey, this is not such a bad deal. So he says, well, okay, I can redeem it. And then he says, of course, you know that when you redeem it, you have to take along with it Naomi and Ruth. And so the man backs away from this arrangement and says, well, you know, I have my own family to be responsible for. And I probably, he thought that the, the property wasn't worth it uh, for the responsibilities of having to take in two new mouths to feed. And so he pretty much kind of turns it down and um, and in the process Boaz steps up and says well then um, I will redeem her and so he announces to the elders and all the people today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Abimelech Kilion and Malon those were her two sons and I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Moabitess um, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property you know, I wonder if the other kinsman redeemer, I forget his name, if he would have been a little more interested if it had been <laughs> Ruth he was going to get to marry instead of Naomi. But um, we see that Boaz very wisely states the terms of the conditions of the agreement here. And so, sure enough, um, the townsmen agree. And so Boaz takes off his sandal and hands it to the other man. Um, I know most of us would say, well, that's kind of odd. Why would he give him his sandal? That was sort of like a shaking hands on a deal. It was like a definite trade had taken place. And so we see that there's a definite commitment and uh, it's all agreed upon. And so the elders say, we're the witnesses. Sure enough, may the Lord uh, bless your, your wife like he did Rachel and Leah. Now, hopefully you remember who Rachel and Leah were, but if not, go back to the story that we cover about Jacob, and that will explain uh, why that was a great blessing upon a, a family. 
And sure enough, it isn't very long before uh, Ruth gets pregnant and has their first son. And Naomi is so thrilled. She gets to basically raise this new baby. And she praises God for it. And it's as though God has taken away her bitterness. Um, it's such a beautiful picture, if you think about it, that the, God really does take care of the helpless. He watches over them. And because Ruth had faith in this God she didn't know, God took care of her too. This child that is born is uh, named Obed, and Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse is the father of King David, who we will talk about in a few weeks. So uh, this Moabite woman is in the lineage for David, who is ultimately one of the great, 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 great grandfathers of Jesus Christ. And I think it's very interesting that instead of trying to keep the bloodlines clean or what have you, that it was far more important that there was a faith and a trust in God than that you had the right pedigree. Also, um, this picture of Boaz redeeming Naomi and Ruth is a wonderful picture of how it is with us in Christ, Jesus Christ. When uh, we were in sin, when we were um, far from God, uh, Jesus came and redeemed us and, and brought us into his protection and uh, paid the price for us and then became our protector and redeemer. So it's there's many ways of looking at this story. Okay, well that pretty much covers the lesson for today. And as I mentioned, it's a fairly short book and it's a fairly, fairly small little piece of the Old Testament. But it's a beautiful uh, foreshadowing of what Christ will do with his um, the helplessness of his people. Um, so for next week I want you to go ahead and start reading the very first part of 1 Samuel and we will find out who is this Judge Samuel. And then also if you haven't had a chance to do the quiz over the, um, old uh, the time of Moses, quiz number two, be sure and do that. If you um, need that it is online uh, basicbible101.com and I'm hoping that you're keeping up with your homework lesson. Um, like I said, for next week, if you will go ahead and read the first seven chapters of Samuel, you'll be in good shape for our next study. Thank you for tuning in to Basic Bible 101. Have a great day.